0: to the Big Ten Huddle. I am your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on. In I am joined by Alec Whitaker from the Booze, Bets, and Ball Penn State podcast. And we have another guest joining us, Hot Guy Matt from Twitter and Message Board Geniuses. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a moment, let these guys plug their socials, tell you where they're from. So that way, if you like what you hear, you can go check
1: them out. Alec, you want to go first? Yeah. So uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at 3B pod PSU. And then on YouTube, you could find us under Whitaker media, my last name there, and then media, because we do some other stuff on there, some baseball stuff. So there's all kinds of good stuff there. And then if you're looking up the podcast on a podcast platform, it's going to be booze, bets and ball, a Penn State football podcast.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for plugging those things, Alec. Appreciate that. And now you can hear from Matt. Like I said, he is from Twitter, Message Board Geniuses. Matt, you want to go ahead and plug where people can find you at?
2: Well, sure. Uh, You can find me at Hawkeye Matt on Twitter. In addition to that, uh, if you don't find me on Message Board Geniuses, I promise I'll find you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There we go. That's the way we like it. Message Board Geniuses is uh, one of my... Twitter accounts that I uh, like to follow the most. Yeah, definitely. Except when they (laughs) post about my team, and then I'm like, oh, (laughs) geez, there are fans like that on my team. So uh, you guys do good work there, Matt.
2: Appreciate it. Uh
0: All right, if you've been watching this podcast for a while, you know we are brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports is a Big Ten sports media group. We have a podcast, one podcast, for every single college football team in the Big Ten. We are working on getting college basketball done, so you can check that out in the coming weeks as we look forward to college basketball. But for now... Paying attention to football. So yeah. check them out there. Uh, also, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcasts, please follow those channels and give us a rating too. We'd appreciate it. And if there's anything we mention that you want to comment on, or maybe you disagree with us on, please do comment on the YouTube video. Let us know. Or if you're listening on podcast, you can find us on Twitter. Go reply to our tweet there and let us know how you feel as well. So, what we're going to get into first is the Penn State and Illinois game. Coming up this weekend, Penn State and Illinois, it's going to be a noon game. Penn State is at Illinois, so there is a little bit of some interest there to see what could happen, to see um, if Drew Aller will be able to go on the road in the Big Ten and look just as impressive as he already has. The game is currently set at... 14 and a half in favor of Penn State. We'll let Alec go first on this. Alec, in this game, what are some matchups in favor of or against Penn State that you're really looking forward to in this game?
1: Yeah, I, I think it starts with uh, the interior of Illinois' defense line. Obviously, Newton and Randolph in the middle there. Uh, Penn State lost their projected starting left guard, Landon Tangwell, medical retirement before the season. They've uh, Hunter Norris at the center was actually kind of banged up last week's wasn't announced with the starters then played the first drive and play the rest of the game I'm not sure what that was all about but he's a little banged up I think so they're kind of still piecing together on the interior there I know uh, we did our Illinois preview with Sonny from the Illini cast last night and you know they were he was talking about how they're kind of underwhelmed with How those guys have looked so far. Uh, I thought they looked kind of decent getting after the passer against Kansas. Uh, Newton had two sacks. I think he could add two more, but Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, a really good athlete, escaped a couple. So I I don't know if Aller gets out of those plays the way Daniels did. So I am looking for maybe not so much in the run game, but an interior pass rush of Illinois versus the interior of the Penn State offensive line, which we know the tackles are pretty good. But the interior, I think, is still where a lot of people are, you know, questioning some things with the Penn State offensive line.
0: For sure, for sure. And I think it'll be a, a really good battle in the trenches there because, as we know, Penn State had a lot of hype going into the year. And not that they've looked bad by any means, right. but, you know, like you said, it's just you lose some pieces, you got some guys banged up. It's not exactly what you would expect for the year. And Illinois, though their defensive line has the stronghold of their team, they've been minimized a bit this year. Kansas mm-hmm. minimized them some, and uh, Toledo actually did a little bit too. But don't sleep on Toledo. They're a really good MAC team. I know they're a MAC team, but still. <laughs> a good Mac team uh, that should be recognized. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking about this game? What matchups should you be looking for uh, in this one?
2: You know, I, I'm just taking a page from what Kansas did to them. And I, I don't think you can really say this all that often, but Kansas looked fast against somebody. I mean, it, it, it was kind of insane. And and you compare that with what Penn State has, specifically their running backs, I don't think this is going to be all that close, to be honest. And and, and this is coming from somebody that that is embarrassed to have actually picked Illinois to win this game in the preseason. I I take a look at what they've done, and I just don't see how they slow Penn State down. Their skill players are probably amongst the best uh, of what they've had under Franklin. Uh, The the two uh, running backs they've got, I'm not sure there's too many teams that have better, maybe Michigan, but... I think Illinois is really, really going to struggle keeping it uh, in check with that running game of uh, Penn State.
0: For sure, yeah. Penn State has a high-powered offense, and though the offensive line, like we said, hasn't been exactly what people expect, Drew Aller has been what they expect and more, and those running backs are just as good as everybody thought they might be. Now, the stats might not blow you away but I mean they are a very good team and they've shown that time in and time again well Alec if you were going to be picking a score for this game predicting the score in some way shape or form what would your score prediction be?
1: Yeah you know Illinois has given up 31 points a game after they gave up I think around 12 last year uh, obviously Toledo and Kansas maybe better teams than a lot of people are giving them credit for but I don't think Overall, talent-wise, they're in the same ballpark as Penn State. I'd be surprised if Penn State put up less than 30 in this game. Uh, The Illinois offense, it's a lot different than even the offense they had last year where Chase Brown ran the ball 40 times a game. Uh, Luke Altmaier could do some different things. I'm interested to see how he looks. So I I would say I think Penn State covers. I I would probably go 35-17, somewhere in that range.
0: Yeah, I like that prediction. I, uh, I was actually thinking somewhere around the same thing. I was thinking maybe about 31 to 14, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. Um, but I'm with you. I feel like they're going to be able to get to 30. And if garbage time, they really can pull away, they might even get up near or above 40 as well. Matt, yeah. what are your thoughts on the score predictions?
2: Thirty-eight, thirteen. I don't think it's going to be all that close. I think uh, I, I appreciate a Penn State fan actually giving uh, a little bit of apprehension, but uh, not on this one, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I think Illinois had some high expectations going into the season. Like you said, Matt, you you chose them to win outright, right? I
2: did. I actually had them winning the West, and I'm not sure that that was a good pick. <laughs>
0: Well, I said in the last podcast that we had with uh with Aaron and Verts, I said the West is the most competitive division in all of college football. That doesn't mean it's the best. That doesn't mean it's the worst. You know, it just means it's the most competitive because you could pick any of those teams and honestly, they have a really good chance to win right. the West, it feels like. You know, the East kinda has their Ohio State, their Penn State and Michigan, and it seems like it's gonna be one of those three. Almost, you know, ninety-nine percent chance that it would be, but Um, you know, Iowa looks good. Wisconsin has had some sparks, but they lost last week. So it's a, it's a really interesting one. So let's go ahead and move on. We will get into some Iowa football. Now. This is what Matt loves to talk about. (laughs) Matt, of course, huge Iowa fan, hot guy, Matt, uh, Brian Ferentz finds himself in a bit of a situation here. He needs 325 points in order to meet his agreement on his contract. Well, the first week they played Utah state and he got 24. And the next week they played, Oh, who was it? Iowa state. That's right. I oh, don't know. I forgot that Iowa state and they got 20. So 25 is kind of what they need to average per game to get there. Matt, uh, you tell me, what are your thoughts regarding this agreement and the whole idea of Brian Ferentz possibly getting there?
2: Uh, so, uh, you know, I'll start by saying this. Last year this time, we had a total of 14 points. that That's not an average. That's uh, 14 points between the two games. So um, I, I don't know. 22 is actually an improvement on what we're, what we're used to. Uh, that said, look, I, I'm not going to tell you that this contract actually made all that much sense. If you're winning, that's all that should matter. A 25-point uh, average, and I think you actually had this on one of the things that you sent me. Um, Purdue actually averaged less than that last year when they won the West, right?
0: Yep, they had about 24.3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh.
2: So it was an arbitrary number. I, I actually do think he's going to get there, um, to be really honest with you. I I think that we face enough teams where we probably can get a few more than, you know, um, again, you know, we, we averaged 17 last year. We started average average or by averaging seven. So there's usually an improvement over the course of the season for Iowa. I think he's probably going to get there. It doesn't negate the fact that that's kind of a dumb part of the contract. Um, it, it, it puts all the focus of what could be a really good year on three hundred and twenty five I don't love that, but I mean, it is what it is,
0: yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it is just an agreement for like a salary boost or a bonus or something like that, right? It's not if you don't get here, you're fired.
2: Is that correct? That is not correct. it is a it's a it's a performance blend,
0: okay, he doesn't so get wow. there he's fired. <laughs> Okay. All
2: right. I thought I read something
0: about, he wouldn't get a bonus. And so I didn't know if the whole idea, if you don't get it, you're still going to be fired type of thing was connected to it. I mean, Matt, I didn't write this question down, but I am curious your thoughts. Do you think if he does not reach that, and if he is fired, do you think that this will affect Kirk Ferentz's future with the Iowa Hawkeyes?
2: Kind of a loaded question because I think that it really depends if We go eleven and one, which obviously the the loss would be to Penn State. Uh, You know, I'm trying to give you guys credit there. Um, (laughs) And then also, uh, you know, also when you know average twenty four points or less or something like that, I don't think he's going to get fired. Yeah, Yeah, despite what that contract says, and 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 this is why I don't really like it. I think if we're winning, they're not. They're going to say, you know what, we're winning. I'm not going to fire him. If we wind up going eight and four and and this happens, then yeah, he's probably going to go. My guess would be that Kirk probably goes with him.
0: Yeah, that would be wild. Kirk has been there since uh, 1999, I believe. So uh, for his son to come in and be let go over a contract like this, that would uh, be quite the shakeup for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Alec, you're a Penn State fan from the outside yeah. looking in. <laughs> what have your thoughts been on this at the beginning and even now that he's you know a few points under the barometer of where it needs to be?
1: Yeah, I, I this is one of the most interesting things I, I've seen in a contract. Obviously, I I do have a question though because seven of those points came on a pick six last week. So does that count? Are are they counting offensive points or is it overall points? Because I I couldn't find that anywhere to to see. Because obviously Iowa is one of the best scoring defenses in the country. They they're good for a few pick sixes every year. So th- you know that could actually give him a boost if that's counted in there it is okay so it is It is
2: counted in there. just overall points and and for uh reference last year we actually averaged three and a
1: half points a game on defense yeah wow that's what i thought yeah so that that i think that might help him get there if he does get there uh well it's western michigan this week i think so i think that's a game they probably have to go to 40 i think if he wants to be comfortable with uh this number. But yeah, uh, I, I couldn't see a, you know, Penn State had a similar situation, obviously, when Jay Paterno was the offensive coordinator under Joe Paterno and the offense got stale at times. I was younger, but I still remember people complaining about how they had a lot of nice NFL talent, you know, Derek Williams, Derek Moy, a lot of nice receivers, and they didn't put up as many points as people thought they could have. So, you know, Penn State had a similar situation, so I see it, but to put an actual number on it you know like you said if they're 11 and 1 it doesn't really matter how it's done you're winning but to put an exact number on it is a little wild
0: yeah that's kind of been my thoughts throughout this whole thing is it's like yes I understand you want to score more than 25 points per game but at the same time I like my thought is the same as Matt's like if you're winning that's what matters most right and like we just pointed out here Purdue had averaged less than that and they won the west last year now I will say caveat uh Purdue it did drop below that after their game against Michigan and after their game against LSU combined so of okay. scored, yeah I think it was 20 or 22 points against Michigan and then of course the seven point dud right. against LSU so uh it is kind of a you know fake stat but i guess that's mm-hmm. my other question as well matt uh and you might not know it but if you do great if they make it to a bowl game does the bowl game count for his total of 325 or does he or does that just increase it to 350 and now he needs to be above that
2: well if you do the math 325 is actually 25 so they're
1: actually expecting game.
0: Oh, through the bowl game as well. Okay. okay. Yeah. I didn't even do yeah. math there. I didn't think about
1: it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 13. Yeah. That would I be. Just, yeah. That yeah. Makes
0: sense. All right. Well, thanks for teaching us math, Matt. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> um. Anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, we'll move on to our next topic then. We're just strolling right on through here, but I do think this is going to be a bit of a bigger conversation, so uh, I'm glad we've left some time for it here. So just to set this up, uh, the Big Ten is... Not the best conference in the nation right now. For years, it has been the SEC. I don't know how long you can say. I don't think in the early 2000s or uh, they were the best. They kind of started becoming the best later in the 2000s, I feel mm-hmm. like. But they pretty well solidified themselves to be the best in like the past 10 or 15 years. I don't think anybody can really question that. However, this year, the SEC has struggled quite a bit. They are 1-4 in against the ACC, 0-1 against the big 12 but then here's the strange thing they are two and one against the pac 12 so everybody's looking at the pac 12 saying <laughs> you have eight teams ranked you know you're the best conference out there uh but yet the sec has a winning record against the pac 12 um you know alec what are your whole thoughts on this situation because the big 10 gets four of these uh, uh pack 12 teams next year right. do we see the big 10 possibly surpassing the sec as the best conference in 2024
1: yeah i i definitely think they have the chance to uh you know you talked about how it seems like people this season at least early on have caught up to the sec i think nil has played a role in that because some of these school you know like florida state i think has uh put together some nice packages after the whole losing Travis Hunter thing. I think they really stepped up their game. So it's not a surprise to see them in a better position. Obviously USC with Lincoln Riley coming in, there's a lot more enthusiasm there. Uh Miami, you know, recent new head coach and more enthusiasm there. So I, I think that kind of stuff is actually leveling the playing field. I think some people thought it would distance it. I think it's made more teams competitive actually. So I, I think that's the reason why, you know, it's gotten a little more competitive and then you see Clemson who has neglected that in the transfer portal and they're falling behind. So the schools that NIL transfer portal, you know, you look at Florida State USC, I, I don't think it's surprised they're doing a little better than they had the past five to 10 years before that. So I, I do think, though, with which schools Penn State's bringing in, obviously, I think Washington loses a lot this year with Pennix and those receivers uh, leaving after the season. So I'm interested to see how they rebound. Obviously schools like USC and Oregon are going to recruit well, no matter what. So I, I still think they'll be top of the line. UCLA, uh Dante Moore, five-star recruit at uh, quarterback, just a true freshman. So, you know, he'll be competitive next couple of years in the big 10 too. So I, I think with what you're seeing, I don't know, Alabama, there's some, you know, kinks in the armor right now. It's not what it used to be. Part of that is Georgia has kind of surpassed them, but Overall brand of SEC has gone down. We'll see, you know, if Auburn comes back under Hugh Freeze now, uh, Texas A&M is so hit or miss. We'll see. They might, Jimbo might be gone after the year. We'll see if they hire someone new, if that changes things for them. So, you know, those are some things I'm looking at. I think some of those borderline SEC schools that we're getting away with being eight and four and your losses were to LSU, Alabama and georgia and people still thought you know maybe you were the fourth or fifth best team in the country i i think those days are behind it because a lot of other places are just playing really good ball and the portal and nil i think has leveled the playing field significantly because alabama's third string really isn't five stars anymore maybe a lot of those kids are going out west for a starting job now
0: yeah i thought you were gonna say the sec uh is no longer getting away with uh paying nil well, when nil wasn't legal. Right,
1: well, that too, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, to me, that's that's always been the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Is that you know, hey, now nil is legal, and you know, from the stories we hear, and obviously, nothing you can really pin down as a hundred percent. But from the stories we hear there's still back channel conversations happening with sec schools that it doesn't seem like you know big 10 and pac-12 schools can really say um that they're able to do or doing as well so Mm -hmm. it's very very interesting matt what's your thoughts on this whole big 10 possibly surpassing the sec in 2024
2: i think I have a slightly different perspective than you guys on it. Uh, really, what I would say is it, it kind of depends on if we're talking about the depth of a conference or the strength at the at the top. And typically speaking, when people talk about the the SEC being the best, they point to Georgia. They they point to to Alabama. Well, guess what? We were and uh, I'm sorry, Jr. But we were a missed field goal away from actually having that narrative being kind of snuffed last year. So, yeah. I mean, is is it really that uh, wide of a gap? And, and I understand in 2000, what was it, like 2007 when uh, Florida went on that uh, streak mm-hmm. with Tebow? Um, that might have been LSU. Or I, I can't remember. Um, yeah, the gap... it was
0: Florida, that was the whole Swamp Kings. Uh, that's that's like right. That. Yeah.
2: yeah. The gap might have been a little bit more so there because the talent was consolidated. And I agree with you that Nil has changed the equation, but let's let's be honest H- has Ohio State really been at worst you know the third best team in the country or the second best team in the country? I mean, I would make the argument they were probably the better team last year so when when you're talking about at the top I'm not sure that that the SEC is that far ahead if at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Matt, you are, uh, you're preaching my language, man. Uh, I think that Ohio State was the better team, at least in that game. And, uh, you know, if you listen to what was said afterwards by Kirby Smart, you know, he, he said afterwards that Ohio State probably deserved to win that game. Now, unfortunately, Ohio State missed a kick. Um, and, you know, there could be some arguments on if Ryan Day was too conservative at the end of the game to get closer there. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, we're looking at three Big Ten teams now that I think have a solid shot of beating any team that's at the top of the SEC. I think you you have Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. They, they could. I'm not saying they will, but you get into a playoff scenario. If you see Penn State versus Georgia, I'm confident that Penn State could win that game. I don't know if I'd pick them, but I think they could, and they would actually stand a chance. Do I think they would stand a chance last year? Mm. Maybe, maybe I might give it to him. But I mean, Alec, you, I guess you would probably know better than me. But, um, you know, that's kind of my thought as well is that we have more teams that can compete. It's not just Ohio State now. Michigan has really leveled up, Penn State has really leveled up. And I mean, next year we might be looking at Wisconsin really leveling up as well under Luke Fickle. So, um, I don't know. You guys tell me, it, will the Pac 12 finish this year? as the best conference out there will they finish on this run that they have with eight teams ranked will they finish as the best conference out there alec i'll let you go first
1: well i think pretty much all those teams still have to play each other so i i i'm interested to see how that goes out i do think there's a chance they have two or three teams that finish with 10 plus wins obviously usc is the favorite to do that uh i saw some things today washington could Backdoor to 10, even if they don't play that well. So I, I think uh, they might finish the season with two or three teams in the top 10, but I could see them being left out of the playoff if, you know, there's no perfect team that comes out of there. So I think that's usually the measuring stick for, you know, how good you're going to be. Cause I think right now everyone thinks Texas is a lock for the playoff unless something they have a massive slip up and Florida state might run away with the ACC. So that's two spots right there. And you think, mm-hmm. well, obviously the big 10 and the sec usually outside of what, 2018, uh they didn't take the big 10. They didn't take a big 10 team. I think it was the last time. So mm-hmm. like they, they pretty much take a big 10 and sec team every year. So I, I don't know if we're going to have in pack 12 team in the playoff. And that's usually the measuring stick here for best conference. I, I think a couple of those teams will fall out. I don't know if Washington state is a top 25 team. I'm mean, just see how they hold out. Uh So I, I don't think they'll finish there. I, I think obviously the big 10 has a really good shot at having three in the top 10 too. a chance that all three of them are 11 or one. I don't know if that'll happen, but it's possible. I think is, I don't know anyone in the West will finish ranked Iowa. Obviously has the best shot now, but, I don't think it'll be the Pac-12. I'm not sure who else. I, it, else it might be. At the end of the day, it might still be the SEC, but I think these Pac-12 teams will beat up on each other as this goes on.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Big 12 last year was kind of like that. You know, um, I'm not going to say that they were you know, as highly skilled as the Pac-12 mm-hmm. is this year. I think that Pac-12 is skilled more, but uh, you had teams that we're good they just kept beating up on each other yeah. all year long so we could we're into a situation like that uh matt your thoughts on the big 12 or the big 12 the pack 12 finishing as the best conference this year
2: it really depends on whether you're talking about depth or you're talking about at the top and i think yeah. alec covered depth pretty well um the yeah. one thing that i will say to him is uh you, you can't underestimate Texas's ability to choke. Uh,
1: that is true,
2: yeah. It, the, so, so I, I I mean, I understand <laughs> they do look really good right this second. Yeah. They're not back until they actually show up in a college football playoff game and, and perhaps win. So, right. you know, that aside, let's hypothetically say that somebody like USC or Washington or Oregon gets into a playoff game against Penn State. Would you have any hesitation behind
1: picking Penn State in that game? Probably, I, Penn State, I think, is better than all those schools, in the, at least defensively on the trenches. I, I, USC obviously plays a fast game, but I think Utah uh, exposed them last year and that you could beat them by being physical. And obviously, Penn State made pretty quick work of Utah and the Rose Bowl. So I, 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 I would take Penn State over all those teams just because I think terms of especially on defense they they would get the better of them
2: absolutely i I wouldn't even think twice about taking penn state michigan same thing well although michigan has the tendency of turning back into a pumpkin after christmas so maybe they lose that one um
0: now you're preaching what i like to hear matt
2: (laughs) but i mean but seriously you know you look at the big 10 and and the three teams that you had mentioned as most likely top 10 teams they're going to beat anybody in, in the in the Pac-12. And I, I don't think that one year with a couple of transfers is going to change that. Um, I, I also will say, and this is a bold prediction, um, whoever does that wind up winning the West is going to be a 10-win team and will be ranked at the end of the season. They're going to lose badly to whatever East team actually comes out of it, but it's not going to be such a... 2022 Purdue or even a 2021 Iowa situation as, as much as I hate to say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always struggle with the West because, you know, I kind of think like you do, Matt, where I say, you know, oh, well, whoever wins good for them, but they're just going to get beat up by the East and in the, in the championship game. And I know that sounds arrogant, <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of what I think every year. However, the other part of me says, but what year do they actually get it done? You know, at what time do they actually get it done, and they knock out the one, maybe or two, one of the two Big Ten teams that actually have a shot at the um at at the playoffs? You know, uh, do we have a situation like TCU last year where they just kind of right. stay put, and people say, "Oh, it's a fluke game," or do we have a situation like USC last year where they say, "Hey, this is a major kink in their armor, and we don't think they're um they're worth it to be." In the playoffs I don't know you know I think it's very very interesting but um but I tend to agree with you as well Matt I think the Pac-12 teams unfortunately uh there is not enough defense consistently played in that conference that if they were to face at least Penn State and Michigan because I think those defenses are stronger I'm still not a believer in the Ohio State defense yet they're gonna have to show it against a good team but uh they they are gonna have to really play some strong defense against strong running games that can really gash the middle of the offensive or of the, of the other team's defensive line uh because that's just the big 10 brand of football that is played. So, so yeah, uh I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Alec, you have any more thoughts before we move on?
1: No, I mean, I just, I, my one thing is I hope Penn state, survives this week because i'm really looking forward to week four the the slate of games that week is going to be one of the i think one of the best regular season weeks in recent memory so uh just hoping to be 3-0 and going into that week because i think that'll be a lot of fun with the white out with iowa and then trying to find out how to watch notre dame and ohio state at the same time in the stadium
0: yeah, that'll uh, that'll be interesting. You let me know how yeah. that goes. I'll check. <laughs> because I'm sure internet connection yeah, no, service it's gonna is be not tough. gonna be tough. No. You know. <laughs> so Matt, you got any more thoughts on on the whole uh, best conference?
2: No, um, uh, but take a look within our own conference. It might be the one that actually comes out on top.
0: That was actually gonna be my next question. Go ahead. Just first thought on a scale of one to 10, how likely do you think it would be that Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan all finish 11 and one and all three of them make it into the playoffs? 10 being most likely it's going to happen, one being it will never happen. Alec, what is your first thought in that?
1: Uh The chance that they all go 11 and one, I think, is maybe a seven. The, the chance that all three get in is probably a, like a negative 11 uh i i don't i don't see there being more than two i think it'd be interesting because maybe the one that wins the big 10 obviously i think is in and then maybe is it the team that beat them or the team that lost to them that they take i'd like to see what they weigh more there that that would be the interesting discussion to me.
0: Yeah, I think in that situation Penn State has a bit more of a chance cuz I think Penn State has a better schedule uh, or a harder schedule than um than uh, Michigan does. But Michigan's also been there. So you're right. It's kind of a toss-up between the two mm-hmm. there. So Matt, what are your thoughts on the scale of 1 to 10? 1. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you guys are probably right. <laughs> I'm just hopeful. All right. It Maybe. would be fun. But <laughs> It would be fun. Let me dream a little bit. So, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's all I got for the podcast today. Thanks so much to Alec for coming on and got to it. Matt for coming on. I appreciate you guys being here. Please remember to check them out, Alec, at the Booze, Bets, and Ball Penn State podcast. You can also find them under the Whittaker Media on YouTube, and then Matt, find him at Hawkeye Matt, uh, and then on message boards as well. And like he said, if you don't find him, he'll find you. So, uh, we're also brought to you by Big Banter Sports. Don't forget to go visit their website, bigbantersports.com. Find them on social media. Find us on social media as well. We tweet out content every day uh, and hope you enjoy it. So, my next episode, I'm very excited to say this, my next episode will feature Mark Rogers from the Voice of College Football. Mark Rogers will be here to recap Week 3. Very excited for that. Very excited to have him here uh and we're working on who the other guest is right now um i think it's going to be sunny from illinois because Sonny has a previous relationship with mark uh, but we need to confirm that so at uh, mark rogers will be here nonetheless uh, so be sure to tune in for the week three recap thanks so much guys for being here and thanks so much for listening everybody have a great day